0: Hi guys, and welcome to the second episode. Uh, a lot still going on in the world at the moment uh, regarding the COVID nineteen pandemic, and I hope that everybody's staying safe and well and doing the best you can. I thought that until we are able to get guests onto the podcast, as I mentioned in the first episode, uh, which actually has had fifty fifty uh, downloads. Which is really surprised me, actually, very pleasantly surprised me. So, thank you to anybody that's uh, downloaded and listened so far. I mean, it's got to start somewhere, as I said on on episode one. But to have fifty people listened in already uh, is is I'm really really happy about it actually. So, so thank you for doing that. Episode two and three actually are going to be uh, Q and A episodes. I had originally intended just to do one episode, uh, at the moment anyway, it's probably something that we'll come back to at a later date, but my intention was to do one episode where students of mine's in, in the martial arts can message me questions and I would answer them, but the the uptake's been, been really fantastic, so we've actually got a bunch of questions, and I'll, I'll split them over, episode two and episode three, uh, depending on how things go and if anything changes then it might even it might even take up a bit of space on on the next episode but again everything's up and there at the moment and we are just trying to get to get this thing up and running so thank you again to everybody that sent questions in now what I said I announced this on my Facebook page and asked students to send me in mess- uh, questions on anything at all martial arts related so we've had quite a variety. What I'm going to do is answer them as honestly as possible. I'm going to leave the the questions as as, as anonymous. I'm not going to uh, mention who asked the questions. As I say some of them are a wee bit more challenging or controversial. Uh, so I think I've, I had to think about this, and I, I think that's probably the best thing to do is to, to ask the question without putting putting names against it. So as I say, don't worry if your, your question isn't in this episode, there's, a, there's, there's a, a good chance that it will appear over the next, the next couple of episodes. Okay, so let's get started. As I say, people were, were, were allowed to ask any question at all on any, any martial arts subject, and I've picked three for today's episode, and that's less quite a number, but I thought. The, we'll start with these ones and we'll see how long I can I can talk about each <laughs> I don't know if these are even necessarily the, the most controversial ones but they are ones that, that, that jump straight out at me and as I say we'll get on to covering other ones later on Okay, so question one that's came into me and, and probably the reason why this one stuck out at the beginning was, was because it, it's probably the most prevalent regarding what's going on at the minute. Question one, how has my training helped me through the current COVID-19 situation? Brilliant question uh, and very very relevant for the times that that we're in. I was very surprised with how I initially reacted to, to this outbreak happening and how the school that I run and my martial arts life w- w- was going to become affected by this. I was I was very pleasantly surprised by how much, and, and again, I'll go back to talk about this and, and, and clarify a wee bit more, but how much I actually took it in my stride. And I think that as martial artists, we can, we can assume that we're going to react in a certain way to any situation, and sometimes we for for for, for the publics or f- to show the public that we're we're reacting in a certain way. And and it's really just to, to, to prove God I don't know who you're proving it to. It might be yourself or to your students or your fellow instructors or even friends and family. Situations come up and it might be something that you're exceptionally happy about or very sad about or angry about. And then what happens is, is that you very quickly remember that you are supposed to be this all-knowing martial arts guru type figure, and you should be reacting in a certain way. I think that be, can be quite damaging to yourself, actually, because you're not you're not being honest to yourself first and foremost. But then, in, in, in a roundabout way, you're not being honest to the people that are are sort of there relying and trusting in you as well. So that's something that you, you, you've got to be careful of. However, getting back to the getting back to the point. I was pleasantly surprised by how I reacted to this outbreak. I was pleasantly surprised that my reaction matched up to how I believed I would have liked to have reacted. Uh And when I say I kind of took it in my stride, I certainly don't mean that I wasn't devastated to be having to close the school down or suspend classes, I guess, uh, until this passes over. I was certainly disappointed. But two, two main emotions came through without any prompting or without any thought. The first one was that it was definitely the right thing to do. I believe as a martial artist and I believe our school or any martial arts school as a whole should have a responsibility to the well being to not only everybody associated with that school, but to everybody within their, their, their local community and then I guess the, the wider community as a whole. So the first thing i thought was yep I'm, I'm going to be upset about this but then the the overwhelming emotion was no this is absolutely the right thing to do and that 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 was the emotion that that, that stood out for me most was that it was the, it was the right thing to to close the school when we did which was quite early on uh and a lot earlier than uh, a lot of other sort of local martial arts schools or dance schools. But it, it, it hit me very early on that we had that responsibility. And as I say, it's not something that I had to, or, or that I did think too much about. It was something that came to me very naturally, that, that, that it was the right thing to do to protect people as soon as we possibly could. So so that was a that was a really pleasant surprise, because I think we can... I think we can be in a position where we where we make assumptions that we we're going to react in certain ways and we're going to do the right thing and then as I said we have this this battle this responsibility that oh, I, I better be seen to be acting like this but but that one was was very natural so that that, that was the first thing it was a a little sort of test in my own head or, or, or more of a realisation when it happened that my martial arts training had put me in a, in a good position to, to enter into this difficult time. Moving on to how it's helped me actually over the last few weeks. One of the other questions that we're going to talk about later on is regarding what a martial artist is. And we will we'll come back to that. But just to touch on it and, and tie it into this initial first question. Being a martial artist, and if any of my students are listening to this, especially the higher grade students, they, they might laugh at me quoting this again. Uh, a martial artist is knowing the way broadly and seeing it in all things. So what do we mean by that? That was actually a quote by Musashi, the famous Japanese swordsman. And you can you can take away the the, the word way so and replace it with art or or even let's replace it with taekwondo, in this instance. So, no taekwondo broadly, and you'll see it in all things. And and that's how I've kind of went through these last three or four weeks. So, what does martial arts teaches? Martial arts teaches us to be determined and resolute. It also teaches us to have patience. It teaches us kindness. It teaches us the importance of health, uh, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. It teaches us to to seek those things. What it doesn't do, what it doesn't do, and, and what a lot of people think that it does is, it doesn't give us those things automatically there's there's constantly a battle and people should be people should be aware of that there's constantly a battle to try and endeavor to 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 generate those emotions and feelings and strengths uh, within ourselves so even though it's it begins to nurture these emotions and feelings you've still got to have that battle in your own head to, to try and achieve them so having patience with the situation, realising that we are, and this sounds a wee bit grandiose as well maybe, but but we are one with nature, we are one with the world that we, we are part of. This is something that 99.999% of people had absolutely no control over. The same with, with many things in life, and I, I think being a student of the martial arts it's something that we, we should be able to cope with. Possibly, not in all instances, we should be able to cope with a little better than, than most. So has my training helped me through the current situation? I absolutely think that it has done. I think this, the, the, the skills of patience, of determination, all these things that I just mentioned, I've been able to take from my lessons in martial arts and taekwondo and see them in all things. So if we go down to the very basic elements of that, we teach children and adults going through any martial arts belt system. We should be teaching them that the belts don't come easy. We should be teaching them that sometimes there's there's things that come up that are going to be challenging we should be teaching them that things can take a certain amount of time etc etc now the lesson there is is yes partly it's partly to be acted upon within the martial arts school but the the real lesson is what the student takes from that into the outside world so the The craziness of of the 30-odd years that I've spent in martial arts, and this was a surprise, as I said, has, I believe, set me up to deal better with the craziness of the current situation. And when you've been doing it for as long as I have, you maybe forget along the way that you're, you're learning lessons, and you don't know you're learning those lessons until the situation arises. So, just to sort of recap on this question, yes, 100%, looking looking back on the last three or four weeks, I, I, I could say without any doubt that my martial arts training, physically, the physical part of it, but definitely the mental and definitely the spiritual side of it, has allowed me to deal with the COVID-19 situation a lot better. The, There will be a time when the school opens back up. There will be a time that I'm together again with all my students. But what martial arts has taught me is that when that time eventually comes, it'll be the right time. And we shouldn't be distressing or worrying over something that we have no control over whatsoever. So, yeah, that's... That's probably how it's helped me the most. All the things that I've been learning, and maybe not even realising that I've been learning over the last thirty odd, thirty four years, whatever it is now, has brought me to this. Has brought me to this place where we're in the middle of a completely crazy mental situation, and I'm, I'm actually managing to deal with it. So that was question one. Question two was a really interesting one and one that i thought i had a really short and abrupt answer to and then the more that i thought on it maybe maybe the answer is going to be going to be slightly different so question two if you stop training in martial arts are you still a martial artist so if you stop training are you still a martial artist so The first response to that would be, no, absolutely not. But then I went back and thought about this. And I think this is one that might not be satisfying to people because I might not have a definitive answer when I thought that I did. So the first thing we have to investigate with this one is what is a martial artist? What I, what I can say with, with as much certainty as I could probably muster is that there's a huge difference between, a very clear difference between someone who simply does martial arts to someone who is a martial artist. Then you have to start investigating when when you cross that line. So this is a really difficult one. If someone studies or trains or attends a martial arts class for 15 years, 10 years, 5 years, any substantial time, but purely focuses on physical improvement, and I know this would be rare, and it would be it would be difficult for that to actually happen. But just for the sort of thought experiment, the thought process of the question, someone attends for a huge chunk of time, but learns no mental or emotional or spiritual lessons along the way, and, and, and purely picks up physical skills. There has to be debate there whether that person at the end of that time, even if they're, they're, they're continue to train, as a martial artist. You then may have someone who has trained for four or five years and picks up Picks up more mental maturity and more emotional maturity and is also learning the the, the physical side. And and when when you look at both people side by side, the person who's been training for a shorter amount of time may be the better martial artist. Now, again, I'm going to quote Musashi on this one. I believe that... And again, none of this is definitive. None of this is definitive. But I believe a really good way of measuring how far along you are on that journey to become a martial artist is how much of it do you see in everyday life? How how much of your martial arts training do you recognise and apply to your everyday life? And not just the two or three hours that you spend physically punching and kicking pads or sparring or or moving up and down a a dojang or a dojo or any of these martial arts facilities How, how much of the martial arts do you take into how you treat people outside the school how much of the martial arts do you take into the relationship that you have with your a spouse or your, your children or your parents how much of the, the, the lessons the etiquette the tenets of the martial arts do you take into helping your local community if someone if someone understands that after a lesser amount of time having thought on this I would probably say that they are further along the road to being a martial artist than someone who purely dedicates themselves to only the physical aspects of of learning martial arts they they're doing they're participating in martial arts but they're not committing themselves to learning how to be a martial artist okay having said all that let's get back to the actual question if you stop training in martial arts are you still a martial artist why are you stopping training in martial arts my first thought pattern here was that you would and this is probably probably the the, the most prevalent in my mind actually that there should be no reason that you would stop training in the martial arts if martial arts isn't just a physical thing if martial arts isn't just a physical thing and it is teaching you perseverance, self control, indomitable spirit, all these things that we talk about all the time, then you should be able to you should be able to include that include that in your daily life, whether you're actually doing the physical part of your training. So if you were again, right, let's let, let's look at the 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 most famous grandmasters in the world and who who live until they are 80, 90, even a hundred years old, and, and are unable to train physically the way that they were when they were they, they were younger in many cases maybe old age and illness etc means that they can't train physically any longer they can still use those lessons that they've learned over decades in the martial arts to try and improve the world that they're part of I i think this is something that we miss often we we only look at the one element of the martial arts in the actual physically training and attending classes, or or even even teaching classes. One of the things, one of the things that I, I often think on here is is from a teaching point of view. I I often meet people who, who don't know who don't know about the martial arts and who don't have experience, but maybe know me, and they'll say, "Are you still teaching?" and I'll look at them uh, probably quite rudely actually I'll look at them as if they're silly and think well of, of course I'm still teaching why would I why would I not be teaching I think it's because I have eventually after so many years came round to thinking that I am a martial artist and it's something that I would be doing until until I was no longer here Uh, which might be quite a sombre thought. Uh, I can't think of a time where... or I can't think of a circumstance where martial arts won't be a part of my life any longer. I don't want to draw that line here on that answer. Do do you know, one of the reasons is that that I, I I don't think I'm qualified. Before, when I was younger, possibly... not possibly, definitely... Lacking sort of maturity on on this, most things were black and white, but I don't think I've got the right to say how other people's actions should should determine what others think of them, uh, and and this is quite this is quite an important one. I look at myself and I think there is absolutely no way that I would ever not be involved in martial arts, so that makes me a martial artist. If I were to and again this conversation it can some of the some of the things, some of the the, the ways we want to look at it might come across as silly or or, or a wee bit out there, but we have to take it to extremes to try and try and discuss and try and prove or investigate the point. If I were in an accident and was and was bound to a wheelchair. I still see that future involving me having a martial arts school and teaching martial arts. I still think if I had a serious knee injury and wasn't able to uh, kick or perform the stances properly, that I would still have a martial arts school and I would still be teaching and again you can draw you you can use students there for demonstration purposes etc etc i think that if and again we've got a we've got a a successful school Uh, we have a large number of students but again if circumstances arose that we had some circumstance changed that meant that we had five students in the school I can't ever see a situation where I I wouldn't still have that school. I can't foresee any circumstance at all, whether it be illness or injury or work commitments or family commitments. I don't see any circumstance at all where I wouldn't be involved in the martial arts. I think people study for two, three, four years maybe, and they, they then leave and, and, and they, they take up another interest and, and they don't think about martial arts again or, or, or not very often. I think those are the people who, who maybe studied martial arts but never made it across this line, this, this line that I can't even be definitive about. They never made it across that line into being an actual, actual martial artist. So I realise that what I'm actually doing here is, is not answering the question definitively, but maybe just giving people things to think about. I, I can't see a situation where martial arts wouldn't be a part of my life, so I believe that that makes me, or it's, in fact, I believe it's just one of the, the major elements that makes me a martial artist. I believe that I endeavor as best that I possibly can to take the lessons that I learned from martial arts, physically, mentally, spiritually, and implement them into as many areas of my life as possible. So I think that makes me a martial artist. I think that I, to the best of my ability, Practice what I preach. I think that I give back to the martial arts through teaching future generations, through trying to progress my chosen martial art, and and not just for me, but for others as well, for my students. I think that also makes me a martial artist. But I'm sure there'll be people out there who would agree with this partially, or completely, or or, or not at all. I always remember the saying that the best instructors should, or best teachers should, show their students where to look, but not what to see. And I think that's probably where I've arrived to on this particular question. Before I had that own, my own emotional sort of maturity and and, and thoughts on this, it, it used it used to be very black and white it used to be no absolutely if you stop training then you you can't be a martial artist any longer where i am at the moment and i think everybody's allowed to change their their opinions and i think everybody's allowed to change their feelings on certain things at the moment i don't know whether i'm a hundred percent as certain as what i was previously so let me read that question one last time before we move on. If you stop training in martial arts, are you still a martial artist? As I say, it might be a bit of a cop out here, but I have spoken a lot on it and hopefully that will will encourage thought in anybody that's listening and not simply be uh, a definitive answer for them to, to move forward with. As I say, as everything, this is just... This is my thoughts on that subject. Uh, So apologies that I can't give an absolute answer to that. Okay, moving on to the last question of this episode. When we talk about basics, we often mean stances and blocks. Should we also consider things like standing properly and breathing properly as the basics? Okay, simple answer to this one is, yes, we absolutely should do. And it's possibly one of the most neglected areas of our martial arts training. If we look at this as as levels of our building blocks, we often talk about the basics as being the foundations uh we talk about having good basics allows us to then move on to more advanced techniques um uh, or a higher a higher skill level i actually think and it's something that i've i've i, I have very recently started to focus more on with my own students i think that we are entry level that first building block of what we think are the basics, that first building block is actually or should be our second building block. I think we stand and we breathe and we have, a, have certain postures in our everyday life and I think for the majority of us, they're wrong, they're, they're quite bad, and they're actually damaging to our our health and they're damaging to our, our long-term health as well. So what we're asking our students to do, what we're asking ourselves to do when we practice is we're asking ourselves to start developing skills within any given martial art without actually having the proper foundation, without actually having the proper skills to to live uh, everyday lives. So look at look at stance for example. In in Taekwondo and karate and in, in kickboxing and in, 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 in kung fu, in any of the, 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 the striking arts we we ask our students, and again, we ask ourselves during our own practice, to to have what we would call a, a ready stance or a ready position that we would take. Even in in more of the the sports, uh, centred arts like kickboxing, for example, we we ask people to take a certain stance before they begin the punching and the kicking and the blocking and, and the moving. And if we actually look at that properly. The same errors that we make in stance and posture in our everyday lives, we automatically take into our stance and posture in our our martial arts training. So we don't spend enough time on creating a, a healthy physical environment And I don't mean what's actually going on in the martial arts school, I mean a a physically healthy environment in our own bodies. We we don't spend enough time developing that properly before we move on to to teach and to help our students or ourselves in our own practice, before we move on to to using that body to, to, to develop these other skills that we learn in martial arts. If we are unable to to stand straight, if we're unable to stand with a a properly aligned posture, uh, through the legs and the hips and the spine, then every time we add a layer of movement onto that, we're causing further stress. So this, this was a wonderful question. It was a wonderful question that again, it's not about it's it's not about not answering the question but but i hope what what this episode or the podcast will do with a few of the questions is, is just create thought patterns in people's heads what what i want is <clears throat> to not simply say yes we 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 must have a a better ability to stand properly and we must have a better ability to be able to breathe properly. What I want is I want people to go away and, and, and investigate those those issues and and, and study them and, and even just on the most basic level think about how they stand and how they breathe. Uh, breathing's another great example. We there isn't a moment of our day or night, no matter what activity, exercise or martial arts or any, there isn't a moment in our day where we are not breathing. It's probably the thing in life we take most for granted because we do it so often. Uh, it's one of the responses that the body has which is completely uh, automatic, uh, we, we, we do not have to remind ourselves to breathe. Uh, so we take it for granted and we don't study it enough, we don't give it as much importance. We learn it through the inhaling and exhaling more prominently in, in, in martial arts and, and, and we begin to develop a better practice. <clears throat> but through experience, uh, it's something that's picked up along the way. To give an honest answer to this one, it's, it's probably something that we should spend a considerable amount of time on with the students before we then move on to anything else. And that can be put in exactly the same category as the, the standing and the posture. What are our basics? What are the basic things we should be teaching our students? or the basic things we as martial artists and practitioners, what are the basic things that we should be doing before we even move on to the punching and the blocking and the kicking. We should be able to, uh, or we should be training more and standing properly, breathing properly, and having the proper posture. Uh, so that should be building block one. Because if we don't begin to implement that properly, building block two and three and four, although they can be added on top, the structure of them will never be as solid if we don't add in that first that first section. So, so it's a wonderful question actually. Uh, again, I've done this for the last couple, but I will, I'll read the question again, just to make sure that, uh, our thought pattern is is kept on on line here or on course. When we talk about basics, we often mean stances and blocks. Should we also be consider considering how we stand, our posture and and our breathing? So the answer to that one is absolutely yes. What we also have to do is realign our thinking over what basics actually are. We, we, we often think about the basics as being the first building block or the first port of call. Let's learn the basics. My, my, my thoughts here, and, and I guess the answer is, is that we have to investigate more what basics actually means. So we have to look quite, quite stringently here we have to look at this and and, and address moving forward what the basics actually means the problem with this however the problem is that we have to keep people interested in their training we have to keep ourselves interested in our own training and that's that's maybe a question for another day on how, how we go about that But it is one of the main problems that we're so keen nowadays to to move on and move on and move on that we don't realise that if we spend the time properly at the beginning of our training and we spend that time properly by developing good posture, breathing, stance, etc., will the rest of it be in a much healthier position. Uh, to move forward. So yep, we absolutely one hundred percent should be including standing and posture and breathing, etc., into into that first building block. That's that's what we should be doing to start with and then adding on the things that we think are the basics on top of that. And that's probably something that we'll talk about more in the Martial Focus podcast as we move forward with this. Um uh, Because it's not just martial arts related, it's yoga, running, any sports, any sports or physical activity, we need to look at the the basics and the fundamentals and and maybe start to change our thinking on what actually are the basics and the fundamentals. Okay, so that was three questions that we had. Uh, As I say, thank you. To so everybody that sent questions in, we we will get to them over the next couple of episodes. Uh, those were the, the first three that I wanted to answers. Maybe maybe the wrong word. Actually, I think even those are the first three that I wanted to investigate and I wanted to spend uh, spend some time talking about. Uh, and again, it's not just about saying this is the right way of doing things. This is exactly the answer. It should be, I believe, about pointing people in the direction and the the correct direction, but then having them, having you guys look into that and and, and you guys deciding what you're actually going to take for that. So thanks for listening to episode two. Uh, We are available currently on Podbean and on uh, Apple iTunes. We will be looking at moving on to other platforms over the next couple of episodes as well. any questions or comments, just please, please get in touch. As I say, this is an ongoing thing just to try and make it as good as we possibly can. Uh, the ball is rolling now, but and we will endeavour, I will endeavour to, to try and make it as, as good a good a platform as I possibly can. All right, so thanks for listening, guys. Take care of each other. Stay well and peace out. Thank you.